At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Conspiranormal. All right, guys, welcome back to Conspiranormal. By the time this is out, will be less than two weeks from an event that we will be putting on, Strange Realities will be putting on, um, called Exploring Tarot. And this is the first of our speaker series that we're gonna do every single month as we gear up towards the conference in October but also probably going to be doing that also after. So we're pretty much going to be doing these like pretty much every single month. Mm -hmm. And our first presentation is going to be with the guests that we have on for episode 399. Uh We are just days away from the 400th episode. We might need some uh, numerological analysis of episode 400 too from our guests. Yeah, well, maybe 399 and 400. But uh, Kiki Dombrowski is back with us. Welcome, Kiki. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And congratulations on 400 episodes. Well, we're hoping that you're going to come back next week and hang out with us on the 400th as well. So. You are definitely invited to that. Although that'd be a whole lot of conspiracy. We understand if you yeah, don't. Want yeah. to. I think that sounds like fun. And I, I really like the idea of, of seeing you guys again and seeing um, everybody else that will be joining. I think it will be a lot of fun and I will do my darndest to, to, to make time to, to hang out with you guys. And it will be right after Valentine's day. So I'm going to be nosy and ask how everybody's <laughs> special holiday went and, um yeah i i can't wait yeah just it's so you guys are are incredible i the amount of effort that you put into um you know the podcast and the the you know strange realities event and um all these extra speaker series it's it's, thank you so much for you know creating such a cool and magical and you know uh, very intelligent community of people Yes, thank you, Kiki. Um, that's that sounds that's awesome. Um, we really like what you do as well, and uh, much appreciated that you gave us a shout out at the end of the in the about the author section at the end of this book. 
<laughs> you caught it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, which is the book we're going to talk about tonight. Mostly we're going to talk about your book, uh, A Curious Future. I think the, it wasn't the last time we had you on, but the first time we had you on two years ago, we talked about this book a little bit, but it had not come out. I think it hadn't been re-released yet at that time. And this is actually a new edition, I understand. Correct. So um, my first two books were self-published. They were passion projects. They were things that I did in the little slivers of time that I could find to um, collect all the information I needed. And, um, you know, I, I listened to the feedback that I got in different reviews. Um, I really decided that a curious future needed special attention. It needed to be polished. It needed to be expanded. Divination is such a cool topic. It was just something that I knew um, needed a little TLC. And I'm very grateful that um, one of my dearest friends, Tanya, over at uh, Which Way Publishing, they also do Which Way Magazine, and they have um, the, the the Witch Daily podcast. Um, they helped to re-release the edition that you now have, which is the second edition. It's twice as long and um, than the original, so it was just such a such an honor to be able to revisit it and and also have such positive feedback. I'm in such a space of gratitude for all the people who have picked up the second edition and, and have, you know, really shared with me that they've found the content to be uh, approachable, enjoyable, and, and helpful in their own divination practices. Yeah. I was looking at it uh, some today and just kind of re going over it. Cause I had read, I'd read some of it back a couple of years ago as well. And uh, it's, it's pretty extensive. I mean, as, as, it's not an extremely long book, but you you do cover the gamuts of just about every divination practice imaginable in this thing, some of which I'm going to talk about. Cool. Yeah, I guess I should review that. I have the book up too. You know, it, it is interesting to kind of flip through it and um, and revisit it, even as, <laughs> as the person that wrote it. I love to look back at it and go, oh, this is the part that I really resonate with, or this is the part that I need to revisit and, and think about a little bit more. Um but, but yeah, um, I, I think that the thing I enjoy is that while it's not, you know, the thickest book out there, it's jam-packed with information and it's a really good springboard. I always call it the gateway to divination. Um, it, it should give you a really um, useful, resourceful um, review of tons of different forms of divination. I always say that mm -hmm. you could you can make divination out of anything. Like you give me something, give me a topic and I will find a way to turn it into a, yeah. a, a divination tool. Um, and so the book really aims to show people, Hey, if, if you're not into just astrology or just tarot, or you want to try something totally different, there are options. There are different things that you can do that, that are really fun. There are some that are very in-depth very complex and there are some that are playful and lighthearted and just go with whatever you feel drawn to. Yeah. That's what's really cool about divination. I guess it is kind of like a, a gateway into all these different um, occult sciences, but they don't have to uh, it's real participatory and democratic 
And, um, you know, it, it doesn't like rely on faith necessarily. It, a lot of the stuff can be approached playfully or with this, you know, it doesn't have to be really serious. Um, you know, it could help people in, in different ways. I don't, you know, I think it's real, it's a real cool, uh, kind of participatory thing that anyone can find something that, that they resonate with and, and use it in their life. I, I think that's a great point that you make about people being able to work with different um, forms of different divination in different ways. You know, if you want to approach divination as a profound, spiritual, esoteric, magical experience, by all means do that. But if you also just want to roll some dice or, um, you know, scry with a glass of wine or a cup of coffee and, and just be, have a little more of a, a lighthearted approach to it as well. Maybe that's exactly the, 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 the divinatory bomb that you need for the moment. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Or it could be like another, just another opinion or take on something like, you know, you don't have to like rely solely on it, but if you're really at a crossroads with something, you know, why not? cast some dice or cards or, you know, just get a, get the universe's opinion or take, or even if it's, if you think it's just totally random, like why not have, you know, that help you out the randomness or chaos of the universe help you out too. Yeah. Let it be a, a little, um, a spiritual GPS in a way. There you go. Yeah. Well, to ask you Kiki about, um, you start talking out about the uh, about I guess these are using divination as a way to kind of like type into things psychically, and um, you talk about the different kind of clairs and these. You, that's what you call them. And what are these different clairs, and which ones kind of like resonate most with you and kind of like your different experiences with these, like personally? Oh, yeah, sure. So um, there are different, what I call clear abilities. Um, these are different ways that people may experience uh, psychic information and premonitions. Um, some people may feel like, they have one type of clairability or a few or none. And they're just like, I don't know. I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever experienced that, but I think everybody has some sort of psychic ability. Um, and so I think that the one that most people are familiar with is clairvoyance and clairvoyance means clear seeing. So when people are having a clairvoyant psychic experience, it's almost like they see visions in their mind's eye. Um, <laughs> I, I am such, I'm such a, a, a poppy witch. I love like the original Charmed and Phoebe was clairvoyant. She used to have these like visual premonitions where she would close her eyes. Well, she would actually touch something. So I guess that that would be psychometry. Anyways, she would close her eyes and she would touch something and have this visual experience of something that was going to happen. Um, and so clairvoyance is, is you may see something um, when you close your eyes in your mind's eye and you see something in your mind, but some people also say they, they see things just with their eyes open. You know, there are people who 
you know, they may see spirits, they may see orbs out of the corner of their eyes when they're going on a hike. Um, but clairvoyance is meant to be this experience where you're, it's, it's almost like a, a visual psychic ability. Um, another clair example is clairaudience. That's another common one. Um, and it's known as clear hearing. And that's when you hear things. And I tend to be a clairaudient when I read tarot. Um, it's almost like I get intuitive hits and I hear information that I need to pass along. Sometimes I'll even hear a song or a sound and that's information I'll pass along as well. So I may get a reading and I'll be like, oh, you know what? You should probably go listen to Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, <laughs> that might go along really well with this reading. Um, it, it, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that actually, that has come, tr come through before? Well, I don't know if, if Houses of the Holy has, okay. not that specific. I really, I will look, I'll be on the lookout for that one. <laughs> all right, all right. But it has for sure where I've done tarot readings, where I've heard songs, where I've uh -huh. seen a card and um, there have been songs that come through. And I almost wonder, you know, maybe there's something in the lyrics that, that resonate. Um, I feel kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm confessing one of my favorite pop musician secrets, like like I love Kylie Minogue and I remember she was an yeah. artist that came up in a reading like I'm just obsessed with her and I remember I was reading for somebody and I heard Kylie Minogue, Kylie Minogue you know I can't get you out of my head and you know and so obviously like you know touching the cards and that's the song that comes through and I just you know that became part of the reading you know like how do those lyrics fit into the reading? Kiki, I'm more of a fan of the locomotion myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And you know what, too? I'm going to say that her album that came out in 2020 was phenomenal. So been listening to it a little bit recently. <laughs> but um, cool. Well, th those are a couple examples. I could give you one more that's a little bit more unusual. Um, there's one that's known as Claire... Um, um Claire and I hope I'm saying this correct it's so funny it's I could spell it for you uh, but it's called Claire Aliens Claire Aliens and that stands for clear smelling so there are some people that actually smell things psychically and so the best example I could think of with that is when people go on paranormal ex uh, investigations and they have those phantom smells right <laughs> Right. Like that's that's like the best example I could think of. Like they're like, oh, I smell this stinky cologne or yeah, cigar that's what smoke. I was thinking. Yeah, or flowers. Yeah, is another one. The perfume is is yeah. often reported to. Yeah, right, right, right. Like the rose, the smell of roses. So, I think that would be interesting if somebody is 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 you know having an inter a psychic interaction with somebody or maybe spirit of place or they're doing a reading and they all of a sudden smell something. I mean, man, I, I mean, I guess you could interpret that. I've, I've really, the only example I've ever heard of is, is with phantom smells. I've never really come across anybody that's like, oh yeah, I just smell stuff. And I know it means X, Y, or Z. <laughs> but yeah. if there's somebody out there that has that experience, please contact me because that's really, really peculiar and awesome. <laughs> Do you think a lot of this, these like extended uh, sensibilities um, are really uh, broadly shared by people and they're just, they don't, they're not in tune and they don't notice a lot of the stuff, but in that kind of state of divination, you become like hyper aware. 
I do. I think that everybody has some sort of sixth sense. I really do. I think it's, I think it's very, very natural. I think that people sense, you know, people have strange dreams and they think, you know, I had a dream about somebody and then I, you know, talk to them the next day or, um, you know, I, I had this gut feeling that I should take exit 12 instead of 13 and I missed a major car accident. You know, you hear stuff like that all the time. I really believe that people, I, I, I think that we're wired to, to have yeah. more than just the, the five. We're, 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 if we're open to it, we can experience more than just the, um, the third dimensional meat suit, as I put it the, uh, the other night with a, in a, in a phone conversation with a friend, but, but truly, right. you know, like, like if, if you want to open up and, and be aware to something beyond just what's, you know, happening in the solid reality around you, it's, it's available. And I think that divination, the more you work with divination, the more you're flexing that muscle and allowing that opportunity to be open to psychic uh, psychic messages, or if you're receiving them instead of just going, eh, it's a coincidence or, ah, eh, it's nothing. It's just no big deal. It's just, you know, the house settling, right? Um, if, if you're doing divination, you kind of could go, hmm, maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's a message. Maybe that's something I need to, you know, just take a mental note of. Is that kind of a, um, can that be kind of perilous though, going in the opposite direction, like too much? Do people just kind of need to find their their balance between interpreting everything as like some kind of uh, signal and just the noise that's there? Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah. With anything, you know, moderation is key, right? Um, I think that, uh, yeah. I, I, that's a really great point. That makes me stop and go, huh, that's a, that's a really good point to make. You know, if you think everything is a sign and a psychic premonition. Cause I think you know, we've known those people, you know, and then we've known the other side of just like unsufferably skeptical about everything. People, you know, who claim they're not superstitious at all, but they're, uh, if you really look what's behind their behavior, you know, it, it there's something else going on. Yeah, something else needs to be addressed at either, you know, extreme end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. So at some point, you know, you have to kind of say, you know, all these, 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 these final notice bills from, you know, the electric company is some <laughs> sort of synchronistic message that, you know, we're finally coming to the, the age of Aquarius, but maybe you have to actually like, you know, function in, in your human. Yeah, um, yeah in your human uh, responsibilities as well. So yeah, really good point. Stay grounded. And that's something that, that I think comes up in the book as well, where, you know, we can do all these divination practices, we can do all this psychic work, but what do you do to reconnect with your body, to reconnect with planet earth, to kind of look around you and go, this is where I am. And and being very mindful of of what you're doing in, in, in the present moment as well. You have to kind of regroup and remember that, you know, yeah, you still should probably (laughs) remember to brush your teeth, have a glass of water, (laughs) go to your job, (laughs) do those regular mundane things. They're valuable too. Very good advice. A a lot of this seems to be like this magic and all that 
and some of the practices that you talk about, a lot of it seems to be like kind of be about getting in touch with yourself and also with your surrounding and also with the with nature and where you are. I mean, it's a, it seems like a lot of that. It's really a lot about grounding to me. Yeah, you know, divination is an opportunity to um, explore within and explore outside as well. Isn't that fascinating? It's really, divination is a practice in reflection. It's a practice in deepening a sense of self, deepening a sense of how you fit in the universe, deepening your connection to other people, um, to, to where you are presently, because I do believe in spirit of place and that you know, depending on where you are in the world, you may have a different relationship or personality encounter. Um, divination allows you to just sort of tune into things a little bit more deeply than just, um, yeah. <laughs> um, Which is, yeah, very much needed in the more and more scatterbrained the uh, world we live in is. For sure. And in that way too, when you, when you put that divination can also be a, a departure from uh, the scrolling. And, and I don't say that with any ounce of shame. I love TikTok and I love Twitter, but it is also nice to kind of put the phone away and just go, you know what, I think I'm going to pull a couple cards and it can be a very peaceful, reflective experience. And in some cases, it offers some wisdom and insight that's helpful and motivating and inspiring. And that's that could be really special for people too. So yeah, divination doesn't necessarily just tell you when um, you're going to get married or what your magical lottery tickets are, but they're also, they could be beneficial to uh, self, they could be self-soothing, they can offer, um, opportunity to just have some soul healing yeah uh, you also talk a little bit about uh you mentioned just to kind of round these out claire gustance yeah. i guess i said that right yeah and Cla claire gustance or claire gustance yeah claire, and then yeah claire cognizance mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, clear gustance um, is clear tasting. Um, and that's when apparently people taste something in their mouth um, and that's sort of a psychic reaction or response to something. And um, the only thing I could think about is almost that, that, that saying that people say, it's like, I've got a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. This is mm -hmm. a sour, uh, this, that is so sour to me. I, um, I, I personally don't. Do, do either of you ever have psychic tastes? <laughs> I don't think I have. It's, it's, an, it's a unique one. It's out there. It's got to be out there. And again, it's just one of those more unique and unusual ones. And I know that there's somebody who's listening or some, somebody who read the book and they're like, yeah, finally, somebody mentioned it. Please let me know. I'd love to hear about people having that experience. Um, clear cognizance means clear knowing. And that's when you have you just know something to be true. And when I think about Claire cognizance, I think about Han Solo when he says, I've got a bad feeling about this. Right. <laughs> That's it's like just this, like, I just know, I know this to be true. 
I know this to be, you know, a good thing. I know this to be a bad thing. Um, you may have had moments in your life where you made decisions based on just, just like, I just know that this is the right choice to make, you know, something above and beyond just like looking at the rational, you know, um, <laughs> outline or, you know, diagram that tells you what choice to make, but just, you're like, you know what, I, I just know that this is the, the decision I need to make. Um, that is something that has happened to me. Oh yeah. And I, I think that's, that that's like an intuition type of thing, right? Like, you know, a lot of it happens with people. Like sometimes you get that bad, you get that, like, not even like a first impression you already know somebody's good or somebody's bad, you know, like that's yes. happened to be a lot. For sure. Yeah. That's a really good point. When you meet people, it's like you have this energetic exchange where you're like, I, you know, and, and I told you I'm, I'm currently staying with my, my wonderful, one of my closest friends in the whole world, Joy, I'm staying with her um, until my uh, apartment lease starts. And when I met her, I was like, okay, you are one of my best friends and we are going to hang out. And like, it was like, I knew right away that this was like a, like a sister from another mister, you know, um, I, I like to think that she felt the same. <laughs> But um, it, it, so that's like a positive example. I knew that this was somebody I was going to be very close to. This was going to be a really special, fun relationship in my life. And on the flip side too, and I'm sure I'm sure both of you have had that too, where you've met somebody and you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I gotta get away. <laughs> I gotta yeah. get away from this person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 happened to me recently, actually. So yeah, I totally, yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. Oh, and, and people maybe even have that interaction with places too. Yes. Um, right. Like you may be in a building, um, you know, apartment shopping, um, looking at places you just walk in. And I knew for me personally, when I was looking at different places, I was like, nope, this isn't the one for me. I just, I just know this isn't it. Um, but I knew all along where I wanted to go. And this is funny too, the place where I wanted to move into just had no availability. It was just constantly booked, waiting list, waiting list, waiting list. And I kept trying to find other places to move. And I just kept saying, I just know I want to go to my original choice. I just know that's where I want to live. And one day I had this gut feeling, this, this knowing feeling like I should go by and visit the office and just introduce myself lo and behold, somebody had given their notice and said that they were moving out and they could get me, get me in a, in, into, yeah. the, into the apartment. So a, there's a, a lot little, of, yeah, I guess some good clear cognizance happening there, but anyways, I'm sorry. I interrupted. You. Oh, you're fine. I was going to say a lot of this seems to be, um, even though you're reaching out to something that may appear, uh, to people's being exterior, a lot of it is about trusting yourself and your own senses and feelings. That's a really good point. And that's a, that's a, a muscle that needs exercise and flexing because a lot of times you could get those psychic hits and, you know, especially for, for readers too, you may have a psychic hit and you don't answer it or you ignore it. And then you find it to, you know, you find out that the information you received was accurate and you're like, dang, why didn't I say that? I wish I said that. Like, I knew it. I knew it. Like I heard that in my head and I didn't share it. Um, trusting yourself can be 
tough because I think we're always told, you know, that's your imagination, that isn't real. In some cases, um, people are told that if you're receiving this information, it's evil or it's crazy. Um, so the so there are a lot of a lot of blocks blockages that can happen that, that stop you from from trusting those those psychic hits. But the more that you work with it, and again, the more you you know explore divination or a divination practice, or I even suggest too, if if you're not into divination, even meditating or you know some sort of energetic work, there's something where you just start to trust that inner voice or those little psychic you know, hints that are, that are being sent to you. You, you answer back when, when they come, the, the more you trust yourself, but yeah, it takes time to develop that trust. Even as a professional reader, it takes time. Yeah. And, and all these different methods of divination are like, like you were saying, they're like exercise for your, your inner voice, for your, your abilities. Yeah, they could be. Yeah, absolutely. That's one aspect of them. It, it helps you flex that psychic muscle. And, and like we were saying earlier too, it's all, you know, those divination practices can be opportunities to reflect on who you are and, you know, get to know yourself deeper, get to know your situations more deeply as well. So yeah, totally. That's totally an aspect of it. What a benefit Div- divination. I just, I'm so pro divination <laughs> so yeah. much. So I wrote the book about it. <laughs> you wrote the whole book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting one um that I had never heard of, but um aromancy. I kind of like this idea of studying clouds, air, wind, and using that as a divination tool. I'm so glad you like that one. I and, and you know, I love the idea. Um so aromancy is the divination, like you said, of clouds. It's it's basically using any phenomena that occurs in the sky as a form of divination. Um, You know, in looking for different ways to interpret those phenomena that happen in the sky, it's not like there's like some sort of like clear cut instruction manual (laughs) out there that says, if you see this, it means this. Um, It's really up to your interpretation, up to your encounter, as to how you interpret it. I, I guess what I mean to say is, is like, think of like uh, divining with clouds, for example, like maybe when you were a kid, you uh, laid down, a, at least I did, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a little, I, I don't know. I did this. I had a, I had a vivid imagination, but I used to like look up at the clouds and, you know, people look up in the clouds and they go, well, what do I see in the clouds? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, And so you may want to consider that as a form of divination, like maybe in your head, you go, you know, I'm going to go lay outside, close my eyes and and have a a moment where I, you know, say a prayer or, you know, have an incantation or, you know, talk to my higher self or however it is that you want to connect and ask a question and open your eyes and, and look into the clouds and see if there's a shape or a form that you recognize as being a certain thing and then determining, well, you know, I saw a dragon in the clouds. What does that mean? What does the dragon represent to you? Or if you saw an angel in the clouds, what does an angel mean? Maybe it means you're, you know, you're being, you have a spirit guide that's looking over you or, you know, your connection to uh, some sort of divine 
wisdom is, is important or valuable at the moment. I know in the book, I, I, I came up with a few suggestions, um, just something fun to think about. And, you know, if, if, if you, if, you know, you look at the, if you observe the clouds and, um, dark clouds may indicate a negative outcome, bright clouds may indicate a positive outcome. Um, I always like the sunlight breaking through where you have the, like the hallelujah moment where you see that light shining down and you, that could be a, a breakthrough. Um, but, but those are just suggestions. Maybe you see dark clouds as, as, as meaning change, um, meaning that there's still something to be hopeful about, you know? Yeah. I, um, the, the whole clouds thing, it really reminded me because you talk about shapes in the clouds. And I mean, that's, that's as a child, that's one of the things that you do. So see shapes and clouds and, you know, it's like a, there's a magical form of that in and of itself. And I think that that's a really soothing practice too, to, to return to something that maybe you did as a child. Maybe there's some sort of deeper work that's happening there where you're reconnecting with, you know, yourself at a younger age. I, I don't know. I guess something that could be playful actually becomes a really powerful and, and, and profound opportunity. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the stuff that like, a lot of things that don't appear to be based on divination systems, like in uh, the larger world and, and culture actually have these roots in that, like you're talking about with the clouds, but then like with the, a lot of games and, and cards and playing cards and gambling. And there's just so many things that do have some kind of root in, in divination. People do them every day, but don't really realize that. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think of, of, of bibliomancy when you say that, um, you know, the idea of opening a book and reading whatever passage and using that as sort of like, you know, your, your words to live by for the day. I mean, that was traditionally done with the Bible, mm -hmm. right? And, and people can do that now as a form of divination. You may have a question and whether you go to the Bible or another book, I, I recommend a hopeful book. <laughs> um, Ram Das is really good for this exercise too. But, um, uh, you know, that's something that, that maybe was not looked at as divination, but I very much look at that as divination, opening up a book and trusting the universe to allow you to access a specific page, a specific passage, and using that as a, a profound message or a fortune or an answer to whatever is weighing on you heavily. That's really powerful. And, and, you know, when, when you bring up gambling, I think of luck, you know, and, and, yeah. and in some cases too, you know, when we draw cards or we use a pendulum or um, we cast bones or stones, you know, we're, we're hoping for the best of luck in our reading as well. So there's some kind of um, hope of influence also by, by doing this, by seeking these answers. We're usually, you know, like seeking, seeking the ones that we want or pushing things in our favor a little bit. For sure. And think about the things that people want divination readings about more than anything else. It's love and love. money. And <laughs> yeah. That's where you want the best fortune and the best luck. And you just think like, Dear, dear God, don't let me pull that three of swords. Don't let me pull that devil card. <laughs> like, 
you know, yeah, for sure. You, you certainly are, you know, wishing to see the very best of, of, of fortunes. Um, and just like a little, I guess a little note in that as well. I think that a person who is, um, an especially, uh, excellent reader is going to even see challenging cards or advice or wisdom in front of them and able to share that information without making the person panic. So yeah, that person that comes in and gets a reading about love and they get kind of like a crappy answer. The reader isn't just going to go, you're SOL. (laughs) They're going to find a way to convey the information in a way that will help them still feel hope or inspiration or make a decision or a choice that that hopefully puts them on a, a, a better path. Yeah. And like, I think there's some misconceptions about um, results that appear negative to people, you know, like your typical uh, negatively interpreted horoscope or like the, the death card and in a, in tarot or things like that, that don't necessarily um, aren't necessarily negative, but um, can actually like give you a leg up in anticipating you know, possible difficulties about something or, you know, we've like had strange realities, I think in a a couple years so far in the middle of Mercury retrograde, (laughs) we did, we have had hiccups, but like, you know, we're able to get through them. It doesn't mean like everything is, is just going to going to total shit, but um, right. Yeah. Life goes on. Yeah. (laughs) Even through Mercury retrograde. (laughs) Rin said that to us as we were like, you know, well, you guys did this Mercury retrograde. Yeah, he says like, you know, Mercury isn't retrograde. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's a good segue because I want to talk about astrology. But finish okay. your thought there. Sorry. No, I think this is great. You know, and 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 I think too. You know, it's interesting too that the death card has such a reputation for being this spooky card. I, you know, I know that it that it was even in the X Files episode where the death card shows up, and then there's you know actual physical death. And um, you know, in in tarot, when when we receive the, the death card, I actually look at it as one of the most powerful cards. And I see it when I see it, it, it very much traditionally means transformation, change. Um, evolution, maybe like the tadpole becoming a cute little frog, right? It's, it's this, this, this evolution that happens. And when people have the death card, to me, it's actually a key indicator that you're dealing with somebody who is ascending. They're just going on another level. They can, you know, they don't just need to be, they're not stuck. So death card is actually this like, oh, you know, like lean into the change you're, you're getting there. And, and, and sometimes when we work through those really brutal, difficult, rough things, we end up on the other end going, I'm so, it was a pain in the ass, but I could see that where I am now is better that I accepted change. Um, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> so, yeah, um, I too, I, I also, when I see lots of, I try and read tarot for myself. And I was on a pattern where I was reading for myself a lot, but I kept on getting really cards that I wouldn't necessarily resonate with, or I, you know, maybe people would construe as negative or maybe not that good. And, and I took it as a message when we were talking about this earlier, um, 
maybe we shouldn't swing to, to, to psychic abilities and, and divination as step one all the time. And so I felt like when I kept getting the answers that I didn't feel resonated with my situations, I thought, hmm, maybe there's some other tool that I could use right now. And so I just, I, I just let go of, of, of the daily practice and I'll get back into it when I feel ready, but right now, not so much. Yeah, all very well said. Um, the uh, and things to um, to remember as well, uh, astrological elements, and we're talking about um, you know I understand astrology somewhat. I'm not huge into it, but there were some interesting things here that I kind of wanted just like to ask you to kind of understand. Um, these are the signs. So I guess there's twelve signs of the zodiac. And they're divided into four different signs, and you got three in each, I guess. So fire, earth, air, water. Uh, what what is this this concept? Sure, and I will do my best to to talk about astrology, and also say that for me, the writing of the astrology in the second edition was like the biggest like um, <laughs> muscle for me to have to flex because. Astrology is not my first go-to modality. So I had to do a lot of um, studying, a lot of reading, a lot of research. And my dear friend, Susie was just a master astrologer. And I leaned on her a lot too, to assist me. So I will share what I know. And, uh, you know, I think what you're talking about are the four elements. And so um, there are 12 zodiac signs and there are four elements and, um, within each element, there is, there are three Zodiac signs. And so the four elements are fire, earth, water, and air. Um, so, so when's your birthday? Okay. My, I am a Leo August 17th. Nice. It's my birthday. You got to say it like the song. My name is Adam and I'm a Leo. And I'm a Leo. <laughs> So a Leo is a fire sign um, and, and people associated with the elements of fire, they tend to be very passionate. They're very energetic. They can be outgoing, um, very creative, um, sometimes melodramatic. <laughs> um, they could, they could be very fiery. Um, Serfiel, when is your birthday? November 18th. Are you a Scorpio? Yes, ma'am. Oh my goodness. That is fun. So Scorpios are under the element of water and um, the element of water um, is kind of like anybody that, that, that is um, an element of water. I should say this too. So first of all, just to backtrack a little bit, people, uh, the Zodiac signs that are fire that are connected to the element of fire are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And the zodiac signs that are connected to the element of water are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Um, and so people who are watery, they're very emotional, they're very intuitive, they could be very compassionate. They need to work on balancing their emotions because they're very sensitive to other people. Um, and they tend to be, I mean, water signs are supposedly very psychic as well, or, you know, deeply intuitive. Um, 
the, the interesting thing is about astrology is that what you shared with me are your, your, your solar birth dates. What, um, what we're looking at are your sun signs and astrology is so deep and complex and there are different routes that you can take. Um, it's just one aspect of, of who you are and your personality, the, the, the sun sign. Um, I think in the book, I talk about sun signs, moon signs, and rising signs. Those are kind of known as your big three. Um, so yeah, I know I'm kind of going off a little bit. I just think that the astrology is so fascinating. Um, and it yeah. like goes into the, uh, it goes into other divination systems and magical practices too, where, you know, if someone gets really good at astrology or they use astrology to inform when to do different magical workings or things like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's a really good point. You know, in divination, I mean, people, you know, tarot is my, my number one form of, of divination. So you'll always hear me kind of like my default example is with, with, with tarot, but I mean, people connect different tarot cards to different astrological signs. Um, you know, so a Leo, that's the strength card and Scorpio. I think that's the death card actually. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, you know, but, but people use astrology in all different forms of divination as well. And, and, and some stuff in the book comes up. Um, there's, uh, people use crystal kits and they connect different crystals to associating it with the different planets in astrology and what the planets represent. But yeah, to your point too, if you become good at astrology, there may be certain times in the astrological calendar where you're performing certain types of magic or certain types of divination or <laughs> planning certain events or avoiding certain times um, based on what's happening astrologically. But one interesting thing about Mercury retrograde is it's known as kind of like a time where there can be a communication breakdowns or, um, you know, sort of electronic crap that happens. But um, Mercury retrograde actually happens like, I think, three or four times a year. It's a common experience. And um, Mercury retrograde can actually be a really great time you know, and, and my friend Susie, who's, who's actually featured in the astrology section of the book, she always used to say, whenever you see retrograde, think of your RE words. Um, it's a time of retrospection, a time of reflection, a time of revisions. Um, and so you can also use any of those kind of like crappy things that, that pop up it kind of, you know, during those retrograde periods and go, well, maybe I need to uh, reflect on why this happened or revise, you know, my method for approaching this kind of situation. Yeah, there's also too, you know, in the book, you talk about the connections to the celestial bodies, planets, um, but also like asteroids too, which that was, that was fascinating. I was trying wow. to, I, I, so what was interesting, what's interesting to me with this is you had um for the longest time because these were the planets that were visible you had seven planets right mm -hmm. and then uranus neptune and, and pluto are discovered later 
And then all these asteroids obviously are discovered later. So like all this stuff is kind of just like, I guess it's been grafted into the original astrological concepts. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I think that the, there is something about like the asteroid stuff that just is so cool to me. And I think that it's because of exactly what you're saying. Like astrology is evolving. It's a living divination. We might find another planet or another asteroid or God only knows what, you know, and how can we fit that and shape that into, you know, astrology? I'm sure that there are master astrologers out there that, that think about these things. And I know that there are, um, books that hone in on, you know, sort of like, um, asteroid, uh, you know, more, more in depth, you know, moving outside of the planets or just what's your rising sign and looking, I know that there's one in particular about Chiron, which is known as the wounded healer. Um, that's a very, a, a very mm-hmm. common astrological um, indicator in a chart. Okay, so how did these come up in charts? I guess these just they're they're looking at your that when you're born, the day you're born, and w- where the positions of these are. Is that how? It yes. Works? Okay. Yes, and I'm going to give like the the most basic answer um, that I can. Um, I'm sure it's much more in depth, but what? people because there are different types of astrology but what we're looking at in my book and what what I really can speak to um on a basic level is when people um chart out where things were in the sky the minute they were born so it's not only just looking at the day so when you go in (laughs) there are memes about it online too where it's like oh you just started dating somebody and and they asked, you know, where and when you were born and the exact time, like, you know, that that's like serious. Um, they really want to get to know you because they're building a natal chart. Um, if, if you have the exact time and location, you're able to almost see like what was happening in the heavens the minute you took your first breath, like how profound and beautiful is that? And the, the sky changes now, of course, like Pluto is, is, is you know, or, or, or planets that are kind of further out in the solar system, they don't, they don't change positions quite as, as, as quickly as for example, the sure. moon. Yeah. It takes like Pluto, like 232 years to make one revolution around the earth. So, yeah. Yeah. And so actually those, those planets that are further out, they're almost known as like generational planets, like so you and I are all going to kind of have like similar interpretations or yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause they take longer <laughs> to revolve around the sun. Yeah. yeah. That exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. And I wish that, that I could explain it a little bit better, but it, it, it's really incredible, you know, and it kind of, I like that idea too, that generational astrology. It makes me think of like, you know, millennials versus Gen Z, um, you know, well, skinny jeans versus mom jeans. <laughs> Maybe it's something in the is, stars. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, when I was reading this actually today, I thought to myself, you know what? I honestly, I was like, this makes me want to listen to one of my favorite classical pieces, which is Hulse the Planets. Right. And of course that was every planet. Pluto wasn't discovered when he actually wrote it in 1914, somewhere around there. But I found out that, uh Holst was interested in astrology and so he was actually taking astrological um concepts and traits to the, to the planets and putting them to music so Whoa. i found that out i found that out today i was like i just was like i don't know anything about this why he wrote this thing and it was really just about he was super interested in astro- in astrology I love that. Oh my God. Well, and we're all, I mean, they say we're made of stardust. So why wouldn't that have some sort of influence on us? And even if, you know, um, I love astrology as, as a tool of, of, of better understanding yourself. Maybe there's something you read in a curious future or any other astrology book where like, yeah, that makes sense. That's exactly who I am. Or, you know, and maybe that makes you deepen a better sense of who you are. And I love in this example of classical music, it's like you've used astrology to inspire your art. That is yeah. so awesome. That's yeah. really great. <laughs> I mean, he took some things from mythology too, hmm. like, you know, Mars, the bringer of war. That's probably the most of that piece of music people would actually recognize because it basically sets the theme for every like science fiction you know theme song uh space adventure theme song ever but uh so he definitely takes that but a lot of the other things were um it was all a lot of it was astrologically based and a lot of the music was too so i thought that was pretty fascinating very cool very very cool and Uh, astrology also relates to the the wheel of the year right which we've talked about you a lot of about your previous book that talked a lot about the the holidays in the wheel of the year. So it's like, uh, these are wheels within wheels. So you go out from uh, the solar cross and the seasons uh, that splits uh, into the, um, to the holidays. And then from there that splits into the different uh, astrological signs into 12. Yes and no. The way I look at the wheel of the year, um, you know, that was very, I almost think of the wheel of the year as very agricultural. It's not, and solar, it's based on where the sun is. And, you know, so the winter solstice is a holiday. Um, The summer solstice is a holiday. Um, Those sit during specific astrological times. And there are people that actually do measure astrological times to pinpoint exactly when, you know, you're in between, 
um, the equinox and the solstice to, to determine the actual holidays. Um, so it's a complex answer. <laughs> um, and then there are some people, and, and, and I don't practice the wheel of the, the year this way, um, but there are some people who say, you know, exactly Samhain is when Scorpio is at a certain degree in the sky. And that could be astrologically related. And I, somebody's going to fact check me there because I don't, that's not my practice. Um, for me, Samhain is, you know, I start partying on October 31st and I enjoy it through <laughs> November 1st. Right. <laughs> That's my Samhain. But there are some people that say my Samhain is when Scorpio is here in the sky. And therefore I celebrate Samhain on November 6th or 7th. Um, so yeah, astrology can play a role in the wheel a year, depending on what your observation is and what your practice is. Um, it's probably the easiest way I can explain it without getting tripped up on my own, yeah. you know, beliefs about it. Yeah. So, and, and happy um, uh, belated in bulk, by the way, Kiki. Thank you. I, uh, I love in bulk. It's the, you know, for, for a, a flexitarian, I, I practice veganism most of the time, but in bulk is associated with, with milk. Um, it's when, you know, a, agriculturally animals are said to kind of like start moving around and mothers are starting to, to, to have milk in their bodies. So like a lot of people, when they celebrate in bulk, they have like dairy as part of their ritual celebration. So like, I'm all about cheesecake and <laughs> milkshakes, ice mm. cream, you know, bring on the dairy. It's the dairy holiday and a festival of light and hope. In bulk just kind of just gets, it just gets shorted because we replaced it with Groundhog Day. I mean, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, for, first Candle Mass, and then that kind of morphs into Groundhog Day. I know. Look at that. And Imbolg is such a, I always call it the introvert's holiday. It's really this celebration of, you know what? It's, and I call it, it's like a, it's a Huga holiday. And Huga is like the, you know, the, 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 the Scandinavian, um, art of living the cozy life and, and being comfortable with your indoors, um, your indoor living, um, being comfortable with your loved ones, being warm and surrounded by blessings. Imbolg um, for me is this very, very quiet holiday where, you know, yeah, I'm not going outside in a costume. I'm not dancing around a maypole doing, you know what, in the woods, you know, it's like, it's like Imbolg, it's, very cold. We're inside. We're really, we've been inside. We've been in the cold for, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, but there's this sliver of hope that, you know, I, the days are getting longer. The next big celebration is spring equinox. Right. It's just going to get a little bit easier. The days are getting longer, you know, hang in there. And in the meantime, what can you do to find hope and blessings in your, within yourself, but in the environment around you? I guess it makes sense. I mean, the groundhog, he lives in a hole. He doesn't really want to come out. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to, make it trying to make it better, Kiki, you know, for in bulk. <laughs> Those poor little grumpy groundhogs. They just want to keep napping. <laughs> Before we move on from astrology, I just wanted to ask both you, uh, Adam, first, do you, do you consult your horoscope? 
off and on. Not, not Guiltily? Really. I have. You don't tell anybody? Huh? You don't tell anybody? I mean, I have before, yeah. When you it take it? The newspaper and stuff like that. Okay. I look at it. Do you take it serious or? Yeah. If it sounds 50, good? 50. Yeah. Right. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I will. If it's if it's bad or I'm interpreting it as bad, I'll be like, ah, it's it's not real anyway. But then if it's good, I'm like, yeah, see, <laughs> that's how that's how it works, right? Do you uh, do you consult horoscopes daily or weekly, Kiki? I am obsessed with astro poets. They are on Twitter, and I I'm obsessed like to the point where people I'm close to like I'll actually send their astro poet weekly horoscope to them be like see this is what you gotta gotta look forward to um i was just really obsessed and the reason i like it is because it's very um well they're they're called astro poets um so the horoscope is very mystical and the language is a little bit um uh, lyrical and up to interpretation and it, it's always very beautiful and it gives you something to think about as opposed to just going like, okay, well, your Monday is a really good day to, you know, ask for a promotion and Tuesday is a really good day to go get the oil changed in your car. Instead, astro poets will say, you know, the sky, the sky may appear green to you this week. Reflect on the, the, the aurora borealis within your soul, you know, and then that's like a crappy interpretation, but you know, like it, yeah, yeah. it just, it, some weeks it's just really, really beautiful and and i love to take clips of those you know weekly horoscopes and send them to people um you know especially other gemini's because i'm a gemini (laughs) i'll be like what the hell does this mean what kind of week are we going into oh my god (laughs) um and i think that the joy about horoscopes you know at the, you know at, at maybe a more simple level is that it allows us to engage in conversation with ourselves. And maybe with some of our dearest friends, it's a great way for me personally to reach out to people I care deeply about and just say, here's your horoscope for the week, you weirdo. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, I recommend that. I'm sure that there are other, you know, incredible, incredible astrologers who are, you know, um, online, but, but that's, that's kind of like the one that I always take a peek at every week. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. So mine for the week of Uh, February 6th in Scorpio says a chance at the center of bliss, a gold dove, the deeper into the cold and into the season, you will be changed by your own strangeness and the conviction not to close doors. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? Cryptic. Uh, uh, One final question about uh, astrology, the the concept of the houses. What is this? The 12 houses. Uh, Okay. Good question. So the houses are basically an astrology chart is um, this circular representation of where planets and constellations are and the 12 house. So basically this circular chart is split into 12 30 degree houses and each of those houses represent a different experience or phase in life or um aspect of 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 something that 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 is important to you so um 
here. I'm just, I'm going to actually just look in a curious future to give a good example. So I think one that you see a lot of people going, where, where is it? Which house is it? The seventh house rules over relationships, marriages, arrangements. A lot of people like to see what's going on in their seventh house. Um, so basically when people are looking at, when you say like, oh, well, I have such and such in this house, people are looking to see what planets are sitting in certain houses to see where this becomes like a complex language. So now you have to say, okay, so I know Mars is the warrior. I know Mars represents um, instincts, um, your drive, your ambition. And then if Mars is sitting in my 10th house, what does that mean about my career? You know, so all of a sudden you're creating all these different interpretations and layers. It could be a really, really fun exercise. It's really fun to, to kind of map out where things are. And you could go online too. There are tons of different websites where you just, you know, plug in where you were born, um, uh, the, the date and the time you were born. And the, you know, the program will tell you, okay, well, you, you know, your sun is in Leo, your moon is in Taurus, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and they'll also map out where, you know, planets are sitting in your houses and then you could get even deeper and start. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is where I'm just like, this is, this is tough, but, um, you could start looking at where in the house it sits because depending on, is it in the first part of the house, in the middle of the house or the end of the house, that might change, you know, how it influences you in your life. And, you know, if there's a planet in the eighth house, but there's also a planet in the fourth house that could represent something there's, you know, people will measure different angles between different planets within the houses as well. Okay. I hope I yeah. hope I did this justice. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That answered my question. I was curious yeah. what that, what that okay. was all about. Let's let's talk about auras. Auras. So first of all, do you see these? You know, it's an interesting story, and I actually write about it in the book as well. I have a relative that used to be able to see auras. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that. Absolutely. Which is really fascinating. And there have been times you can actually train yourself to see auras. And um, this is really silly, but like for some reason in college, when teachers were standing in front of like whiteboards, I could start like maybe I was just staring off into space, not paying attention, kind of like going into maybe a little mini trance by the end of my school day. And I would start to see colors moving around their bodies. Um, and so I think that, that, that you could train yourself to see auras. And I, I think I go over some different ways that, that possibly you can try and, and see auras. There's also what's the name of that machine? I'm sure somebody could go. There is like that really cool aura machine where you put your hands down on like the little panels. Like they're like little like electronic plates. You're talking about the curly and photography stuff? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so people get photos of their auras taken as well. Um, so auras are said to be uh, sort of the energetic uh body around your physical body it's it's like the energy that your body gives off it's you know 
people's auras are as unique as their personalities. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's, um, you know, people, you may not even just be able to see auras. Like some people are like, you know, like I could see auras, but you may be able to feel them. And maybe that goes back into what we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. with clear cognizance. When you meet somebody, maybe you're also having sort of an energetic exchange with that person's aura, right? Like you, you sense their, ener their, aura, their aura energy. Hmm. What's the story? What's the story? The family story. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try and remember it by heart because the way that I remembered it was different from <laughs> the way that it was recounted to me by my aunt. But um, basically, my um, my great grandfather was able to see auras, and he, of all things, he was able to see auras and tell when people would, were going to pass away. And apparently he could see colors around people, but we're under the impression that he thought everybody could see those colors. Like, don't you see the cloud around that person? It's like, no, no, we don't. So the story goes that my great grandfather, um, his son, who's my grandfather, his son had surgery. And unfortunately the surgery didn't go well. And so my great grandfather visited his son. And uh, soon after that visit, um, you know, after the surgery, after, you know, the, the my great grandfather and grandfather, uh, you know, had their visit, my grandfather passed away. And my grandfather said, well, I, you know, I knew that, that he was going to pass away. I, it, I knew this was the last time I'd see him alive. Um, and, and this is what he told my aunt. And my aunt said, well, how did you know this was the last time you'd see him alive? And this is when we realized he could see auras. And so my great-grandfather said, well, he had a dark cloud around his head. He had a dark ring around him. And I, I knew I wouldn't see him alive again. Um, <laughs> You know, so it, it, it's just really interesting, I guess, that it was always one of those, those family anecdotes. Um, I know of some others where, you know, I, I think that every family has has somebody who, you know, I, I think I'm going to always be like the weird, I, I hope I am at least the weird auntie that, that writes books about witchcraft and divination. But I always like to look lovingly to my great grandfather as somebody who had some sort of <laughs> psychic ability that he passed down to me because, you know, he had this ability to see colors around people and predicted when his, his son, unfortunately passed, um, they were both older, obviously too. So, um, yeah. It's interesting to me that, um, did he say something to his wife? Like, well, what you can't see that. So like to him, it was just normal. Well, he was talking to, um, so he was talking, it, it's kind of confusing when you say it. So um, my great grandfather knew that my grandfather was going to pass away. And my great grandfather was telling my aunt. So his granddaughter, he said, well, so it was my aunt that heard the story. Mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, you know, 
yeah, my <laughs> apparently, you know, um, I, I guess the way my aunt said it was that, you know, my great grandfather said, well, I saw the dark cloud around him. And my aunt said, a dark cloud. I don't see clouds. You see clouds. And my great, my grand, my, my great grandfather responded with, oh, you don't, you don't see that? Like, well, I see that, you know, just very surprised. Mm, so, wow. You know, I love to think that he saw this and just, you know, his whole life saw this around people, saw these clouds yeah. around people and just thought that that's how we all normally see things. Right. Um, so it's really, it was really interesting that my aunt was able to capture that, that information from him. Well, you're familiar with um, Tim Renner's Strange Familiars podcast. And he starts off that every episode with a clip from an interview with a powwow practitioner. And what he's, it's kind of hard to make out because Tim puts like some reverb on it and it's kind of an older recording, but he says, it's something like, uh, if our eyes were just a slightly bit what they, than what they are, we'd see fire coming out of our mouths. So it kind of reminded me of that in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our eyes don't catch everything. And even think about, you know, makes me think about how different our cats <laughs> see things than we see things. And we, you know, people who own cats know our cats are looking at stuff that we certainly are not seeing with our eyes. Um, so yeah, that's, that's an interesting, that's a great, great quote. Does your cat ever stare out into space into the corner, Kiki, and just like stare at nothing? Yeah, just looking out the window, howling at nothing there, or chasing. It's probably divining totally the clouds. <laughs> I know, right? Or you know, like what are you chasing? There's nothing there. Or like looking into the corner of a room, like there's nothing there. What are you looking at? That's what you but, think. Yeah, I know, right? There is something there. My dog was like that too. My dog used to huff and puff at things that I just did not see. So, <laughs> but I trusted her. I, I always she was a good. She had a good puppy intuition. <laughs> so um, I want to pivot a little bit because so far we've been talking about these oracular techniques that uh, aside from some elements of astrology, you know, seem to be about these clairs and about the senses of individuals um, and their abilities they have within themselves. But you have a chapter on mediumship and the seance in which um, people are seeking um, or there appears to be some kind of external um, something that is providing information to these type of people. So could you go into that a little bit? Sure. You know, um, mediumship is the ability to communicate apparently with the spirits of those who have passed over. I am sure that there are people that may want to alter that interpretation or modify that interpretation and say, you know, mediumship is the ability to just communicate with spirits full stop. Um, and that being, you know, are they spirits of, of just dead humans? Maybe we could also, you know, mediumship. I mean, there are pet mediums, there are mediums that talk to our, our dearly beloved animals that passed over. But what if we say mediumship also means, you know, just talking with spirits that weren't necessarily humans that passed over 
anyways, that's for another podcast. (laughs) Mediumship basically means that, that you're having some sort of interaction, psychic interaction with the spirit. Um, and so the seance is, is, uh, is a gathering of people who are trying to communicate with those spirits. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sneezing in the middle of the podcast. I have allergies. <laughs> okay. Totally. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, um, I guess that, that people have different opinions on, on uh, whether they feel comfortable with mediumship. Um, I think too, that a lot of what we perceive as mediumship is shaped by media. Um, like <laughs> it makes me think of like the long Island medium, just this like woman, like walking up to you in line at a Kroger, excuse me. Like, <laughs> I don't think that that's necessarily how it always works, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, in those cases, it's like they're, it's uh, people using these methods to reach out to something external and get information from something external, as opposed to just like honing some secret sense of their own. Yeah, absolutely. And some people can argue too, that, that whatever form of divination you're using, you know, you're, you're using the hand of divinity to help receive an answer. Mm. Um, You know, my friend Tanya, who you know, I mentioned earlier, um, she loves spirit boards and they're not necessarily my go-to. Um, but she'll say, well, you know, what's the difference between a spirit board and using a deck of cards? You know, you can have a a spiritual influence in, in either tool where you're, you know, using outside spirit sources to influence, um, answers and, 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 and divination. Yeah. And like, I know there's a lot of fears around a a lot of this stuff, but um, the way I see it, you know, we live in a world with all kinds of different strange influences going on all the time. And it might actually be better to like know what you're getting into and actively engage in something rather than, uh, you know, just being manipulated without knowing it you know and maybe this these things can serve as like a a way to exercise and gain some like psychic self-defense yeah and and i think that you know we ouija boards are uh, there's they have such a reputation spirit boards have such such a reputation psychic abilities any form of divination mm-hmm. um you know there comes with it this idea that like you're sort of like opening a portal to hell or you know to demons and you know you watch whatever haunted tv shows and it's always you know the house is haunted because of a ouija board i don't know maybe but but i also know that there are people who use a ouija board and they don't have that kind of experience so again it's up to the practitioner to, you know, like you said, to, to what is it they do for their psychic self-defense? What is it they do for protection? What is it they do for grounding? Who are they learning the, these practices from and with? Um, and, and that's going to influence how healthy any divination experience is going to be. I don't think that, that you're going to o- open a portal to hell just by, <laughs> you know, working with a pendulum or a spirit board, but maybe- what about Dungeons and Dragons? What? What about Dungeons and Dragons? Is, is that, that going to open a portal? Yeah. 
I hope not. I hope not. Dungeons and Dragons seems like a lot of fun. I really wish I, I knew people that, that could teach me and, and wanted to, to play. I don't, I don't know anybody. Um, I think, but, I think we might know a couple people. Fun. <laughs> Probably more than a couple. Yeah. <laughs> not me. Here's a, here's a fun one. Uh, as we kind of, I want to start winding down here. Uh, divination with food. Yay, my favorite food. <laughs> so could I like throw some chicken wings down and see what uh I guess the bones would work. That's a right. tried and true right. ancient. Uh, yes. And that's actually great. You, you know, oh, that's why you guys like the chicken wings. That's <laughs> I remember you're snacking on those in some like a uh, Patreon event. They looked really good. Um <laughs> Making everybody hungry. Well, I mean, you could, you could, you could, for the food divination, you could use the actual bones, I mean, the actual chicken wings, and you could eat them, and then you could use the bones later, right? That's right. Yeah, and how, that's actually how it could work. That's exactly it. So there are people that collect chicken bones, and they clean them and preserve them. Um, and I think I go into details about one method for preserving them. Um, and then there are people that throw the chicken bones. Um, people will put different symbols or different markings on the bones to help them kind of like go, okay, well, this, this bone has like three marks on it. So it means this to me. So when I see it in a reading, I know that this is the, the, the message, the divination message. So, yeah. So please use your chicken wings. <laughs> All right. I've um, got, got a new divination method. I'm going to try. I know. Let us, let us know how chicken wingo Mancy go. <laughs> 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 yeah, but this might be this might be our entrance to the to the big time you could start, start chicken wing obancy classes i know <laughs> finally found my stick this one is extra spicy it's gonna be a good day for you the, hun the honey barbecue one says <laughs> i mean that's kind of fun like imagine oh see see you can make divination out of anything get a bowl of chicken wings and have like different flavor chicken wings and you know, your honey barbecue, extra spicy, your whatever. I don't really know many different, it, it, but just put them all in the, in, in the, nu in nuclear, the right. Lemon and, pepper. Yeah. Lemon pepper. There you go. Get one of each wing and the person getting the reading, maybe they close their eyes and they ask a question and they reach mm -hmm. for a wing and whichever wing they get, is their message. If they get that lemon, you know, that's going to be a bright citrusy flavor as opposed to the nuclear, <laughs> which, you know, maybe a different interpretation. So see, chicken wingomancy. <laughs> well, Kiki, could you give us a numerological um, breakdown of uh our 400th episode and what what significance 400 might have well you had <sighs> said too when i said you were going to be 399 that that was a significant number i love the number three and i love the number nine i just think that three is so cool uh three for me is all about um expression creativity it's cyclical as opposed to maybe something linear um you know, I, I tend to think of three as a very magical number where there's growth and opportunity. And the number nine is sometimes it's associated with enlightenment and completion. It could be the ending of things. It can be a number of courage. 
And of course, again, my default is always going to tarot. I love the Empress. That's our number three card. And the Hermit is the number nine. So a lot of people too, when they're doing numerology and there's multiple digits, they will actually take all the numbers and add it up until they reduce it to one digit only. So, God, I'm so bad at math. So we're going to do, let's just do this because So this is funny. This is, this has nothing to do with our podcast, but I am in a course at my day job right now where I'm sitting alongside engineers and mathematicians. And I'm just like, I can't even add my nines up correctly. (laughs) I'm the same way. It's just like, Oh God. So it's like, it's so funny. Like I'm just not mathematically minded. They don't understand the esoteric significance of the numbers. So that's exactly it. So, so that's a very good point. You know, I could be in a, in, in something that's their strong suit. But if they sat with me in a poetry course, that was, you know, a poetry intensive for eight hours, I would be doing dances and spins around them. Um, so the cool thing about 399 is that three plus nine plus nine equals 21. And then two plus one equals three. So it's kind of this cool number where, you know, if you break it down, it's, it's a three. So to me, it's all about cycles. It's about, um, like I said, expression, birth, rebirth, um, you know, life, death, rebirth. Um, I really like that. And then 400. So what about four? Can we talk about four is, is great too. It's, it's about organization, stability. Um, it's a little bit different. Like when I think of like the three, I think of the circle. And when I think of four, I think of a square. Mm-hmm. So we start to see results when we work with four, I think of three is like, there's this beautiful creation. You're, you're having this like artistic aha moment. You have this desire to express yourself and four is going, okay, well, let's put it on paper. Let's get it on Etsy. Let's let's give it to the world. Let's, let's make it into something. So there's this like sort of structure and development that, that comes in with the four. It tends to be a little bit more rational, um, very it's very intellectual whereas the three is a little bit more poetic that was very helpful i think that really does apply to what's going on with the podcast and our all of our endeavors right now and you could do that with birthday dates too right yeah people do that values yes so one really cool thing you could do Um, it's funny. I put my birthday in the book, um, your life path number. And again, to please go out and, and, and check out other numerology books and see if they offer a different interpretation, um, or a different way of reading numbers. But one thing you could do is, um, take your birthday. So take the, the month you were born, add it with the day you were born, add it with the year you were born. So the whole thing, and you reduce it to one digit. There are a couple exceptions. Like some people say, like, if you get 11 or 22, like, do not reduce that. Like 11s and 22s are really special people. But the number that you get when you reduce those numbers are said to represent lessons that you are facing in your life. They could represent you know, uh, kind of like what you're going to encounter, what you're going to learn how to conquer, um, 
you know, where you can find success. Um, for me, and it's funny too, because I'm an eight and eights tend to be associated with numbers and math. And like I just told you, I was like, oh, I can't do math. Like I can't even count my nines. <laughs> so it's interesting that, you know, I like to think that I have eight as my life path or, you know, sort of the numerology of my birthday, because I'm, I'm, I'm learning about, you know, what it's like to be a human, what it's like to work with math as a language, what it's like to work with, um, structure. It's also really good for ambitious people that eight. So if anybody has an eight, just get out there. You are a boss. You are a leader. You're going to win. I like that. That's what I like Uh, about eights. What uh are you guys? Uh, I'm I'm trying Uh, to calculate. I haven't uh, figured mine out yet. So let's do, let's do it in real time. You want to do it in real time? Real time. Yay. So I was born 817, 1976. So. Okay. Let's do this. Did they invent cars yet? Uh, <laughs> Maybe not unleaded gas, but there were cars. My car is still older than you, Adam. That's true. So if I'm correct, and you'll have to double check me, you're a three. I'm a three. All right, so. Ooh, what I write in my book is they make excellent entertainers, actors, social workers, administrators. There you go. I like that. Mm -hmm. That feels good with podcasting, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's, you know, this life, it's all about learning how to be outgoing and put yourself out there and, 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 and present what's valuable and precious to you. Okay, you want to help me do mine, Adam? Yeah, what's yours? 11, 18, 1983. 83? Yeah. Cars had been invented by then. Yeah. <laughs> the wheel came yeah. about. Okay. Double check me, but I think that you're a five. Oh, I like five a lot. The fives are really adventurous. Fives tend to be people that need to explore the world. Um, they tend to be adventurous. So um, what I write in, in A Curious Future is uh, they're learning how to stick to commitments and develop rational life choices. They're just playful, hey. right? Like it's all about, you're just like, well, I'm just here to have a good time. I'm here to have fun. Um, I want to do things that bring me joy. Um, you like excitement. And so, yeah, that, that lesson would be, you know, where can I bring stability in? How was that? that? Yeah. 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 I, you know, I guess that people could hear that and they could go, well, I could apply that to me and I'm a four, but you know, I, it's a good place to start. It's a fun place to start. Like we said before too, <laughs> you know, allow this to be an exercise and exploring who you are. Well, your mm-hmm. friends are, you know, um, and, 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 and the fun thing about this book is that it can give you, it can open the doorway to these different practices, this numerology, but 
you know, go to the back of the book. There's a huge resource resource section. So when you're ready to deep dive into any of these other topics, like go start your library, you know, go to your library, check out those books, get more into it. Numerology is a deep practice. It could get very complex and very fascinating. And that could be used in magic too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, numerology is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, especially in conspiracy theory, it gets out of control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 33s everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Number 33, man. Um, so thank you, Kiki. This has been awesome. And as we mentioned um, at the beginning of the show, at the top of the show, as they say, uh, you are going to be giving um, a presentation coming up uh, for us for Strange Realities <clears throat> monthly speaker series. And that's coming up on February 25th at eight o'clock Eastern. Can you kind of give everybody kind of a, a kind of brief description of what, what you're going to be talking about? Absolutely. And I'm so excited to spend time with you guys and so excited to share a little bit of information on tarot. So um, during this um, series, I plan on beginning with um, just a very um, inviting overview into tarot, maybe a little tarot 101. So people that may want a refresher or want to just start dipping their toes in the world of tarot, it'll allow them the opportunity to have a um, very welcoming uh, introduction into what tarot is. Um, And then the second half, I think we're going to do some interactive exercises to start to look at different tarot cards, maybe look at some interpretations if people have cards with them. I actually encourage anybody who's, who's, um, joining to bring a deck of cards with them. Maybe we'll pull some cards for ourselves and and think about what they can interpret. And if there's time and interest, I could also talk about some of my personal obsessive topics within tarot, uh, specifically tarot of place and, you know, sort of interacting with spirit of place and how I think that relates to different tarot cards. Um, I was in Egypt in the fall and when I went to different places in Egypt, I felt that there were different tarot cards that resonated with different locations. Um, And I think that's a practice people can have wherever they are, not necessarily just going on vacation to Egypt, but in your backyard, there are places in Nashville that I look at and I could go, Oh, this reminds me of the world or um, the fool or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's just different examples. So, so I think that those are some of the topics I, I'd like to talk about with, with everybody and just see, you know, what everybody else is interested in too. What, what do you want to know about tarot? Now allowing anybody who's, who's there to participate if they feel they want to. Excellent. Well, Excellent. thank you very yeah. much. We're honored to have you. And uh, for everyone who, um, checked out strange realities the past couple years it's like a continuation of that but in a smaller uh, smaller increment so that'll be every month we'll have someone and uh you are going to be the first one so yeah you're the guinea pig thank you (laughs) well i'm really honored and 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 so thankful that you thought of me and you know i'm I'm just really looking forward to it and, and happy to share any info i can yeah i mean it was when we first started talking about this i immediately was like we, we're gonna get kiki because you unfortunately did not get to speak at strange realities 
Um, so this yeah, last that year, was, so that was super unfortunate. I was so excited and I got sick and just couldn't, couldn't go. I just couldn't go. And I was just devastated. So I'm really happy that this is an opportunity, you know, for me to at least bounce back and say, okay, let's do this. Let's talk about tarot now. <laughs> I uh, come in October, so let's do it now. <laughs> and, and it's even better because like with this, we should add too that like, you know, strange realities, our presentations really last about an hour, which is a good long time, but this is going to be much more, uh, a much more longer presentation and a much more time to interact with the speaker as well too. So that's, that's what we're really also trying point. to do. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and it feels a little bit warm to me. Like, you know, I, I, I really like to make people feel comfortable and, and, and to me being able to have like a little series chat with people, it will be a very inviting opportunity. And yeah, like you said, like I, I want people to talk and ask questions and, and share their perspective. And I wanna to say too, that there are two ways to join in uh there's one way is you can become a ten dollar patreon um at our patreon which surfiel can tell you where to find that but uh that's the way to do one way to do it and that way if you have a recurring ten dollar you guys are in every single month i'll have the the uh the zoom meeting posted it'll be recorded yeah and you can see it at your convenience uh, you'll get to watch that on the patreon as well but there's another way too, and that is there is there are tickets sold through Eventbrite as well. If you don't want to become a recurring conspiracy normal Patreon, which I don't know why you want it, but <laughs> uh, that is available for everybody as well too. And Kiki, um, before we close out, please tell everybody where they can find you and also where they can get a curious future and your other writings. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank you first for having me. This has been just such a treat. I just enjoy talking with both of you so much. So thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. Um, Kiki Same Dombrowski. Here. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, KikiDombrowski.com. That's a really great spot to start. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I've been on kind of a social media hiatus, but if you want to connect with me on social media, the best place to do that is Twitter. And my Twitter name is Kiki D three three three. Little numerology there, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. There, so there we go. So Kiki D three three three. A curious future is available at any large book retailer. So, um, if you know, you can get it at the Amazon, but you can also go to BarnesandNoble.com or Target or Books a Million, and you can order a copy of the book. Um, and I am currently working on a tarot book. So that should be out in, uh, we'll see. Awesome. <laughs> this late, later this year, I was thinking summer, but just things have been kind of crazy for me. So to be continued, that's why you got to stay in touch with me on Twitter. You'll find out when you could get the tarot book. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, that sounds, that sounds awesome. And we're uh, remember guys, February 25th, you guys can hang out with us and with Kiki and learn everything you want to know about tarot and Surfiel can tell you where to find our Patreon as well. If you want to uh, join in on that. Yeah. When you become a $10 patron, which gives you a ticket every month to this strange reality streaming event, uh, you get to join our mystic crew of Conspiranormal. And uh, so you kind of get a, a VIP status in there as well. 
for only $5 a month, uh, which you also get, of course, at all the higher levels, you get a bonus episode every week uh, of the Conspiracy Normal podcast. And for $20 and up, you get to join the ancient circle of strange realities, which is our, uh, our real VIP experience. And you get some, uh, I guess we can probably give a couple of uh, exclusive garments away at this oh, yeah, point for that level enough. So yeah, just check us out at patreon.com slash conspiranormal, uh, especially we're going to be driving that for the uh, joining the mystic crew and being able to attend the strange realities streaming series. All right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, check it out. And also coming up next week is the 400th episode. And I think uh, still out of time. This is, should be out a couple of days before we actually record it. But if you'd like to join in, just let us know and uh, we can give you access to uh, join to join in on the Zoom. Big mega Zoom revolving door we're going to do on February 15th. So, all right. Thank you so much, Kiki, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Absolutely. Stay on the line for us. And guys, we will be back next time on with the 400th episode. 300s are done. On Conspiranormal. please consider becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash conspiranormal or leave a one-time donation at conspiranormal.com. And please check out our YouTube channel, Conspiranormal Podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.